Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-filled review for Star Wars Visions. Magina, may you rise, and may the Force be with you. Dank, Farrakh, and Konichiwa, my name is Nate, and this is our spoiler-filled review for Star Wars Visions, which is available now on Disney Plus to watch over and over and over and over again. If you're joining us for the first time, this is our review show where we share our spoiler-filled reactions and go a little deeper on what we thought uh, of the various series that we cover. Uh, now, allow me to introduce you to two of the coolest dudes in the galaxy. First up, as I said before, he's my Tomodachi for life, my Senpai, the Qui-Gon Jin to my Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Japanime Jedi, Justin. Konnichiwa. How you doing, man? Good, man. You know, you said it, you said it best. Watch them over and over <laughs> and over again. Yes. And I feel like I've done that for the last week so many right? times. On different and I kind of want to do it again. <laughs> oh my gosh. And joining us yet again, we have our own Donbury Dangar from Dagobah, Darcy the Doug Hudson. I'm a Doug now? <laughs> <laughs> They're cool. He walks on his hands. It's kind of neat. Um, guys, let's, uh, let's dig into this. Um, how was your vision uh, after watching all these incredible, uh, you know, anime-infused Star Wars stories? I thought it was awesome. After watching the first a few episodes, I went to my mom and my brother and was like, "Star Wars only needs to be anime now. It's the best way to tell a Star Wars story, in my opinion. Just it's it. They all got it so right. They understand Star that. Wars to a T, and I loved it. Yeah, Very because cool. they they weren't trying to continue a story, right? They weren't mm. trying to continue. The, the, the existing canon. They were saying, oh, let's take what's already been established here and let's be inspired by it. Let's open the doors. Let's let's tell new stories. And and actually, like as the series has been released and there's been a lot more from the producers coming out saying that that was their biggest motivation was not to do another story with Darth Vader or Anakin or do another story about Luke. It was to really just be different from everything else. And I think that that is its biggest success Really, it's it's so different, but so inspired by Star Wars. Totally. Yeah, I mean, there's so many callbacks and references that they make or like homages they're doing in all these episodes. So For sure. It's From, crazy how they managed to do it better than all of the last trilogy, basically. Uh, that's like, exactly <laughs> to, to that point, Darcy. It's like, you know, they took all of the best sort of elements from from story elements to visual elements to sound, and they just smashed it and remixed it with their own interpretation with with each vision it, it's fantastic I, I can't stop gushing about how excited <laughs> it makes me about the future of star wars right it, well we'll to, definitely to be going over we'll be going over uh probably a few of those callbacks as we go through all the various questions we have of course you know this series nine animated shorts uh done by seven different studios uh and i'm sure we'll get a chance to highlight probably every single one of them um but you know before we kind of dive into uh everything we loved why don't we kind of structure this a little bit with some questions um and i want to start off you know when star wars debuted back in 1977 it was widely regarded as having some of the best visual effects in cinema history at the time with ILM becoming the industry leader in visual effects 
Um, and, you know, since then we've seen Star Wars in 2D and 3D, but we've never seen Star Wars like this. So I want to hear it from both of you. Maybe we'll start with Darcy. Out of these nine episodes, which one had your favorite visuals? It's hard to say. Like They're all so good in, uh, for yeah. so many ways. Of course, I think the first episode is, is very standout for me because it's so different than the rest. It's It yeah. feels like almost like we're watching historical footage or something like that. The graininess they managed to incorporate into that animation style. I, I loved it. Like that was the one again, that's probably my favorite overall story, but throughout the rest of the episodes, there are so many great little scenes and moments that it's, uh, it's so good. So good. Totally. Yeah. I, I think yeah. if we're, if we're talking about visual style, Nate, then to Darcy's point, the duel is the best example of it. It, yeah. it introduces us to this idea of how different these, these visions, these shorts are going to be from conventional Star Wars of what we know. And they really do mirror this whole samurai concept, which we know is so integral to Star Wars as, as a, a inspiration. So how it finds its way of, of thematically tying itself to samurai aesthetic, but also, uh, the visual style feeling very Akira Kurosawa, which was a heavy inspiration, that black and white, using color and using specific colors like red, blue, and green uh, as lights uh, throughout the the episode in, in, in very interesting ways, as, as well as like with, with the lightsaber obviously being, being the red. In terms of visual style, yeah, I think it had its best. But I also, just as a quick honorable mention, I like the flip with with something like Toby, cartoonish anime Astro Boy, as as you as as it's been referenced, and it has the best of everything you want from animation as a film. I think that's it. I mean, you you start off with the duel, and then we move into sort of the the chibi style of Tatooine Rhapsody. Yes. We get to the twins that that has its very own you know very specific mm-hmm. you know Trigger Studios style. That's that's very you know. But I think at a certain point throughout the series, you you start off with something that is so different from the duel yeah. that you sort of get lulled into the style of some of these other yeah. uh, more traditional Japanese anime. And then you hit, you hit T.O.B. one or Toby and it's, it's that refreshing sort of kick again of like, Oh yeah. Like these are actually, if you really look at it, they don't blend together. They are all so different, but, but I think that one also stands out much like the duel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think with the black and white aesthetic of duel, it really just hits home how bold this whole take of star Wars is going to be. Oh, yeah, it lets you know right off the bat, like, this is different. Absolutely. I I think one of the coolest things about the duel and one of the later episodes, um, The Elder, is the fact that given where they've placed them in the timeline, they could very well be canonized easily. Like, those stories could have happened. It could all be canonized. It could all be canonized. To a point, to a point, some of it The twins. Maybe not the twins. Yeah, there are specific episodes that cannot (laughs) be canonized or definitely this inspiration. Some of them can definitely play into the grander scheme of things, which I think would be really cool to see if this uh, if there's a crossover at any point. Because again, these stories, I care more about these characters from 15 minutes of an episode than I did for like most then of the characters th- in the, the newest trilogy and some yeah. of the original trilogy. Like They, they managed to give so much character development and all these same yeah. things. It was so good. Yeah, it's the box. It's the box yeah. that that's, has allowed them. It's no longer there. It is extremely mm-hmm. free. Well, I think we're all falling on... The duel as our, I think we're all in agreement, our yeah, favorite yeah. visual style episode. Um, I did want to just quickly shout out like, yeah, man, like the 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 charcoal sort of analog look to the entire episode was so cool. But the way that they 
they emphasize the importance of the different colors and especially red and the world's understanding of what that color means means, to them. I thought it was so cool because it it, it visually tells the story. Mm -hmm. And I think they do that through through colors and they also do it through you know, things that they don't have to directly reference, like the fact that you've got the TK armor uh, on some of the the different bandits. And then you also see the first order armor on some of the bandits. So it tells you that like both those factions are probably long gone at this point. And it it helps to really set the storyline without having them to, you know, have any sort of line uh, to directly tell the audience like that's yeah, where all, we are in the Star Wars timeline. It's all reacting so off good. Of visual cues, right? Like it's I even amazing. loved I loved how they used green and blue as like these accent lights in in the frame which are so subtle cuz Jedi aren't around. But the red is yeah. so predominant as 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 you pointed out Nate to just call to reference of what it means in the story. It's just it's so well crafted and 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 from a visual standpoint to really hit home the story without necessarily like you said having a, a lick of dialogue that needs to explicitly explain it right so i mean i'm he didn't even say his name at the end of the episode no and but I he's, was like, he's referred to as the really, ronin right like and sure, that's, but and I that's was what so, his inspiration is the story right mm-hmm. but i think it was so cool that he didn't have to you know what i mean and i didn't mm-hmm. i didn't leave that episode feeling like like well why didn't he say his name like i i, I you know they did such a good job with just setting up the character as he is who he is, and um, I know that there is a novel uh, that you can you can check out where you will be able to read more uh, about the Ronin. Um, and uh, but no, I, I do think this episode is one that honestly I could probably watch on mute. And I, you know, I wouldn't encourage anyone to do that because we're about to talk about some of the things we heard and and what we loved with that. But for me, um, you know, this is just such a visual delight. Mm-hmm. I mean, talking about visuals more throughout and getting away from that first episode, as much as we all love it, uh, one of the like, references that we were talking about was, again, another standout visual from the whole series from the twins, when we see another destroyer get split during hyperspace. Yep. And having that same oh, right. split ship with the debris out the back and just the still frame, like... Again, I cared more about that explosion than the one that we saw in Last Jedi. Like they, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, all the re- maneuvers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was, that was really cool. And then also just the fact that anytime they 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 focused on the ornateness of these lightsabers that we're seeing, they're like they're treating them more like katanas being and like the works of art that those swords oh. are, and the respect they're paying to the blade. It's it it makes me feel really good as a nerd being like these guys know Star Wars and respect it like the right way. I loved it. I loved any time they made it look more like a katana. I'm like, yes, I'll take sure. more of that, please. You wouldn't have wanted them to throw it over their shoulder. I, I thought you <laughs> loved that. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I think, I think you know, just jumping off of that point about an overall visual style that really plays well is how they treated lightsaber fights more with a samurai aesthetic. Just like even in 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 the duel when he kills the bandit. Right, and he he stabs her, and then when he when she drops, he like does the 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 like flip, the, and like then the flip and, and puts it back in his holster. The blood that isn't there, basically. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, that is so badass, right? So it, it was just really cool how they were able to uh, find a way to to merge samurai aesthetics and culture with Star Wars, just so so well from a visual standpoint. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. And you know, I think I think. We are so used to hearing uh, the voices after three trilogies, mm-hmm. uh, a few animated series, 
uh, and a live action series. You know, we're used to hearing those voices after after so much time spent with the the characters we know and love. But you know, obviously, with this being an anthology series, we move to see a new cast of characters with every episode. Uh, and so, I kind of wanted to sort of move on to what we heard. Um, and again, I would highly recommend it. Anyone watching the show, obviously, we want you to recommend watching it multiple times. Uh, not only in English, but also in Japanese. I think you might find a new appreciation for different episodes when you do so. For instance, for me, I, I honestly, I got to be honest, I didn't quite enjoy uh, the the twins. Uh, no shade to to Neil Patrick Harris and Alison Brie, uh, but the first time I watched it, they their voice performance really took me out of it because it is such a an anime ass episode. Um, and so for me, I much preferred uh, Junya Inoki and Ryoku uh, Shirish, Shirishi uh, because I just thought that their voices helped to really speak to what the characters right. were actually saying, and it wasn't like a poor translation to English but you know for you guys I gotta know with with so many incredible voices that they have on both within the English cast and the Japanese cast I want to know what was your favorite one uh from this series I know it's tough to choose well I feel like from the Japanese standpoint I think you're right Nate like something like the twins was better in Japanese than it was in English because I feel like after watching it again you know Alison Brie and, and uh, Neil Patrick Harris. You know, no shade to them, like you said, but they kind of overacted those those voices, yeah. right? Especially Alison Brie, I felt. But I feel like I, they, my problem was more with Pat and Neil Patrick and that. Yeah, I mean, Alison Brie so me, much. Me, yeah. Alison, Alison yeah. Brie wasn't the problem. I think it was Neil Patrick that yeah. kind of took me out at times watching it the second time. I did enjoy the story though. I thought that was a yeah. really cool concept. But yeah, I think the Japanese version was way better. And I don't mm-hmm. know if I would necessarily be able to identify all of the great Japanese voice actors but I do appreciate watching it in Japanese to really get the sort of nuances of how these lines are delivered because as we've seen now, as we see watch the English style, there is acting that is very apparent in voices that they they try to do. Um, As for favorites from the English cast, I I could probably pick, I know you asked for one, but I'm going to, give you two um Justin, i think i think on, i think i think uh the elder i loved i loved uh i, I loved hearing david harbour albeit it wasn't like immensely great i just feel like it was really great to hear david harbour in star wars <laughs> sure. right and like he a was different very qui-gon jinn he uh, yes i was just gonna yeah. say that he was a hundred percent inspired by qui-gon jinn that's what i was yeah. gonna get to and then on the flip side of that the elder played by james hong um and okay, then well, before you before you name one third of the series <laughs> as your fit darcy go ahead i want to hear from you what was one of your favorite uh, cast overall voice cast. I'm agreeing with uh, Justin. If I had to pick one English episode, I would definitely go with the elders because David mm. Harbour and um, I can't remember the guy who plays uh, Dan in it, but like, yes. yeah. the whole master Padawan Qui-Gon to Obi-Wan banter worked perfectly yeah. with, with those two guys. And then again, like Justin said, even with the elder himself, that banter, he was, it was surprising because I recognized it and he wasn't a goofy character. Like I'm used to hearing that voice associated with. So I thought it was really cool. But overall, I think I I prefer Japanese across the board. I maybe yeah. it's because I'm such a fan of anime. Yeah. But it's something about it. It fits the tone of the stories much. It's a better more experience. I agree. It's a, yeah, yeah. It's a more yeah. wholesome experience. It's like the way it was intended. I know that's yeah. pretentious of saying, but it no. it does have a different carry a different uh, feeling and vibe. I agree. Absolutely. I agree. I before I pass the mic one more time. Uh, I I'm a huge fan of the Star Wars audiobooks as well. That's how I usually partake my. Uh, EU uh, features is audiobooks when I'm working and driving 
And I, so it was really cool to hear Mark Thompson, the longtime narrator for most of the Star Wars mm-hmm. audiobooks, uh, pop up cool. in Tatooine Rhapsody as Lan with three mm-hmm. of his very, very, you know, you, if you've listened to the books, you, you've heard those voices either coming from a young Luke or, you know, an alien in the random Star Wars universe. So it was really cool to, for his few lines to be like, I know that guy and I've heard his massive voice range. So it was, that was a really cool moment. Very cool. Justin, what, what else did you... Uh... Did you take away? I know it's it's so tough it's to so choose tough, when we're man. going through I just, these. I, I like, know. I, these these last two I would say are just more surprises to hear, right? So sure. you know Lucy Liu, her being the bandit, I was surprised that she was that character, and of course I, I'm pretty sure you're going to call this one out, Nate, though. But mm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like I was I was surprised when I found out that he was was in uh, Tatooine Rhapsody. I was I was very shocked. I was I was excited, happy, but uh, I thought that was great. I, I I loved it. Yeah, him as Jay, I thought was. Uh, a lot of fun. I think that episode, again, kind of catches you off guard because you sort of have this really dark sort of narrative that still has a slightly happy ending with the duel. And then you move right into this almost probably what I think would be probably the most kid friendly episode um, of the series. I want to see I, that I think as an animated between that series. And Toby, I'm just yeah. going to say like that would be oh, amazing as an animated totally. series. It's, and it's a hugely popular uh, genre in anime of itself. Just following like a young pop group or rock bands so, like that on their climb to fame. Like that is a, that's like, exactly a that's what I mean. genre and is yeah, so yeah. successful. So like if they manage to do that, I get, I'm, I'm on board as you, Justin, because I want to hear more <laughs> of that. I hey, hear can more we talk Star about Rider. how jealous Figrin Dan and the modal nodes got when they were listening to uh, to Jay's band with you know geezer rocking out and Bobby Moynihan of course as uh, as as G and and uh, bringing back Tamora Morrison for Boba Fett again in in a role where you would think they could have they could have gotten away with with getting a different voice but I'm so happy they dedicated you know they were so dedicated to to making sure it was given Boba. that that's the only person we saw that we are the character that we were associated with throughout this entire series it's, yeah. it's, I'm okay that they give him the same voice because that that anchors it again just subtly being like this does happen in the Star Wars universe or just could. people you've never it met could. before Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's, it, it it's in the Star. Could. It is in the Star Wars universe. It's just what version of the Star Wars universe it depends on the story type thing. Well, really quickly as we wrap up the voice cast section, um, you know, I really enjoyed the voice cast in uh, Akakiri. Um, I thought George Takei uh, was fantastic in this episode. I thought him and uh, um, I can't quite remember who it was that plays um, the 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 other guy in it. Um, uh, but I just loved how they were almost like the R two D two and C three PO of this episode, um, very much playing off like the sort of tall and short yeah, yeah. comedic relief. Um, but I, I, you know, I also have to shout out Jamie Chung, Henry Golding, and uh, Lorraine Toussaint, uh, who I thought was so good as Masago um, and really like just so terrifying. Um, I just thought they did such a good job with their dialogue reads. It felt very natural. Um, where again, like the, when, when, with the twins, like how unnatural that felt. So it was almost the, the opposite reaction I had. Right. Um, so yeah, man, I, I really dug their performance, but continuing on with, with what we heard, you know, I think we have to discuss the incredible scores that accompanied each episode, uh, taking influences from John Williams scores from across all three trilogies, uh, and then some episodes going in completely opposite directions, allowing us to hear, you know, music alongside the hum of a lightsaber that we never thought we needed until the show. So with that, I need to know, uh, Darcy, why don't you kick us off with this one? Which score was your favorite throughout this season? Uh, just I've got two written down here and I'm just looking over. I think I can just easily decide that the one I liked more was definitely Akakiri oh, because yeah. of how different it was. It was 
it felt like a like a like a geisha performance or something like that with just the simple drums and setting the pace it was so yeah it was so raw and i don't know it matched that story so well and for me that was a lot the whole series is really good at doing that so picking one was hard and like, i'm not saying any of the other scores were bad or anything like that but this they just managed to match the tone of the episode with like the, the animation style with the story with the music everything matched up so well through across the series they again they knocked it out of the ballpark it was amazing it's dude when you consider that that story is one of the closer in terms of a storyline perspective to the Star Wars that we know. Yeah, you're yeah. right. The music having that contrast was so refreshing. The the djembe and the the taiko drum beats, yeah. you know, in that final scene just it adds to the badassness of the scene where, you know, Tsubaki gives his he basically gives himself over to the dark side and joins Masago as his new master. I just I I cannot understate how many chills I got during that moment. And the fact that that moment really is such a dark moment, it just it, it's crazy how how happy I was with it, yeah, <laughs> even though it yeah, was yeah. so dark. And I think I think a huge aspect of that is the refreshing music, is the contrast. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think Akakira has the most unique and different, and it was very refreshing. I, I loved how you said it, Nate. It, the, hearing that music with with the sounds of Star Wars, yeah. it, it was just so interesting, and it shows the possibility of 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 that. And I think Ludwig has has kind of leaned into that as well with his Definitely. score of of the Mandalorian and, and so on. But um, what I really appreciate about some of the scores is how they really tried to to be inspired by Star Wars. Uh, so one that I really loved was the Ninth Jedi. Um, I mm. loved how much it felt like it lived in the world of a John Williams score. Uh, yeah. It was it had its own nuances and 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 layers of of being inspired by his score while also feeling fresh and and just a little bit different uh at times uh not too heavy but also again going back to the duel like i think that yeah, the dude. score in that like you know i think you and i nate were talking about how it's like it sounds like duel of fates at times it's duel right? of fates, dude. yeah for sure it's totally yeah. and i think that leaning into that as an inspiration and, and doing that that's the right way and i think that's how fans really appreciate star wars but it's crazy how that music can pay homage to two moments that we're so familiar with from star wars the the mall in qui-gon you know, dance in the Phantom yeah, Menace, and then, and, and then the and final Anakin, battle with yeah, Anakin with Obi- and Obi Wan on Mustafa, right? I get but you, it's I just get like, you, bro. And, but you you know when you're watching Revenge of the Sith and you hear that music, you're like, this is so Duel of the Fates. And then yet again, we come back to it and we get to experience that again with these characters. It's poetry. That just falls so in line. It absolutely is poetry. But it's it's awesome that that they were that these studios and that these these anime creators and these writers were able to to hit the nail on the head so much with that aspect. Yeah, I, I totally, I get it. But it, it literally just, again, it, this is a bigger discussion for later, but it just <laughs> shows that Lucasfilm needs to just really open the box. Don't stay within the canon, right? I, I feel like sure. if you want Star Wars to change, then this is a route. It doesn't need to all be anime, but learn from that experience of what made that successful. I mean, I, at this point, I'm open to literally giving anyone the reins of Star Wars to right. see where they can take it. Yeah. Um, very cool. Uh, are we good to move to our next question? Yeah, that got a little sidetracked. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, like, well, I mean, you know what? I did. I did mention the moment of of Tsubaki, you know, joining the dark side, joining his new master, and and for me, that was one of my favorite moments. Uh, was literally one of the last moments in the season. So, speaking of favorite moments, I know for me, chills multiple times throughout this show. I need to know quickly your top two moments from any episode. Uh, and again, Darcy, we're going to start with yourself. 
so I definitely really enjoyed Kara's uh, uh, maturation into Jedi, you know, as she finds her way in the middle of the oh, battle yeah. and becomes it. Because that whole episode with, you know, tempering the Kyber crystal, bringing out, you know, the Jedi will determine the length and the color of the blade and all that. It, it made the connection to the lightsaber much more, like, it seems so much more meaningful. And to see her like, reach that during a battle, I thought that was a really cool moment. Uh, following that one, uh, going back to the elder because the, that fight scene was one of my favorite fight scenes from the entire series and just the ending, you know, like it is almost like the, like a knife drop type thing where he retracted the blade and then right to the chest and popped it through. It was, again, I've rewatched that moment alone, like probably 25 times because it's so, it's so cool and so vivid. And again, you, you, you see how. Like we've seen that before. We've actually seen that. I, I probably probably a few times that I remember, but I specifically remember one of the best fight scenes in all of Star Wars. I think cinematography, which is Ray and and Kylo fighting the the um, the the red guys. <laughs> I can't remember what they're called. Praetorian um, Guard. Praetorian. Thank you. My Star Wars card is being redeemed as we speak. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're taking it away from me. It's being, uh, anyways, um, but yes, fighting the Praetorian Guards, you see that moment, and to get that again here, but to have it done in such a stylistic way was so freaking awesome. Uh, Justin, how about yourself? Let's hear those moments well, that gave you those chills. This guy, this guy, this guy and I are on the same wavelength, because <laughs> 100%, the ninth Jedi was as watching that fight sequence it was awesome like it was it was such a cool moment as Darcy described like her coming into her power and like having had that setup and already kind of starting to witness that payoff it was it was just well crafted in a short time frame and that was actually like that was written as two separate stories and they said we love both why don't you really? just do it as one and they said oh, okay so but you know that being said i think it has the best moments uh that felt star wars internally and then yeah for kill scenes the elder man when he sidesteps turns his blade off and right back on like that was awesome that was very samurai aesthetic of like oh totally yeah bravo chef's mm -hmm. kiss you know what i listen i and again it was so tough to choose two moments from <laughs> this incredible series um for me i would have to go with umbrella lightsaber yeah. Uh, when she when she so stabs cute. through that Trandoshan, yeah. first of all, she doesn't just stab him. She pulls him with the force onto her umbrella lightsaber, which she then expands, yep. <laughs> slicing through him. Yeah. The like the thing is that she impaled him when it wasn't lit. That was just a, a pole. She yeah. she just <laughs> ran a pole through him and then ignited lightsabers. That was yeah. Unbelievable. But also honorable mention for me, definitely the blade catch from the duel. Like when he uses the force to catch that. Like oh my gosh. Dude. Again, so much about that episode paid so much homage to the samurai movies of old, and it's just like even that blade catch is like, oh yeah, so such so a cool good. moment. Uh, the other one that I'm going to shout out is uh, the Village Bride. Uh, the music is swelling up, and you just see that moment where she just looks up and she goes, "I am a Jedi," and then her freaking high heeled jet boots come on, <laughs> dude! Like, how do you get more Star that Wars one, and one, more yeah. anime than that moment right there? Yeah. Was so yeah. it was such a perfect fusion that didn't for me it didn't feel too much right. Where the twins at times when I watch it back, I'm like, okay, this is anime. But when I, when I watch this, it's like it's almost like the perfect balance of the two, and that made me so yeah. happy with yeah, it. I thought I, it was such a really well done moment. She just shoots through, and then his hand is cut off, and then he's just standing there and yellow lightsaber come on it's so good 
But listen, this brings me to probably the toughest question uh, that we have tonight, uh, which is your favorite episode of the nine episodes. And we are going to start with Darcy because Justin is freaking out over there. I don't think he's going to be able to decide. So, Darcy, uh, go I ahead. have two written down. That's the thing. I don't know if I will decide. Uh, it's toss up between the duel and the elder. I we keep talking about those two episodes. And it's, I like them so much because the, like the one feels like a traditional Star Wars story. Like it almost feels like a Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan adventure in the elder. And then you look at uh, the duel, which is such a unique, fresh spin on Star Wars. I just I like both those stories so much. Um, but probably if I had to pick, uh, I, the elder, I think because it sticks so close to home. I mean, it's, it follows that, that it feels like a a true Star Wars story following like an apprentice and his master as they find a Sith Lord. And it's just, it hits all those beats so well. And the timing and pacing of it is incredible. I would love to see more stories just with those two characters alone. Yeah, totally. Totally. Okay. All right. Well, I'm okay. You didn't really didn't really nail the execution on picking one, Darcy, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I, I ended on one. I ended on okay, one. Thank you right. very much. I had to talk my way there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think I think I, I'm gonna just say this. This was hard. Okay. Yeah. I, I, the, everything about this series is again, as I've gushed, I love it, and and it's hard to pick pick my favorites. I watched three today. Okay. Yeah. And I did watch The Elder, and I did watch. The duel again, mm-hmm. and they are fantastic episodes. But the episode I picked because I just feel like it is the best idea of what Star Wars could be right now in a sort of new mentality, a new a new sort of structure. And I think that that is the Ninth Jedi. Um, mm. I feel like it was very much inspired by the idea of telling new stories, like The Force Awaken was. It has very, very similar elements to a mystery behind Kara, and I feel like it just it it established so much in in with with its with its narrative that felt very familiar to Star Wars and and w- where it could go. I, I would love to see it canonized and and made into something because I think it, there's a lot of potential there to do to do something amazing. Well, yeah, we got, they got to go rescue Zima, man. I'm that's what I mean. Like all of this, all of this is just like you know they they could potentially do part two in in season two of of visions and they could continue their story, but then at that point it's just like why not just silo them off into series, right? Like, sure. I mean, I think the coolest thing about the ninth Jedi is how well it could be either well before what we've established as canon or well after what we've established as canon. And I would be perfectly fine with with either way. It was a unique um, perspective. Yeah, so I did manage to pick one. I like yourselves. I watched today alone. I watched almost all these episodes. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the Ninth Jedi. I watched Akakiri. I watched, um, you know, the Duel, uh, the Elder. For me, though, what is still giving me chills, and even thinking about it, is the Village Bride. I think. You know, you have this Padawan who is very much tied into her old Jedi traditions, mm. and then you have this master who is not. And it's so that's not that's not something we're so used to with Star Wars. This master who is, you know, um, kind of bringing her to this exact moment where we see this village, very sort of out of date uh, rules that they're following because they've got this intruder uh, and this, you know, they're kind of very structured. And I don't know. I just I thought it was cool to see, you know, her disagreeing with the villagers and 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 what they were doing um and seeing her sort of 
cut off her own braid to sort of say, well, I, I will just, there's no Jedi around. I'm just going to become a Jedi myself. Um, I just thought it was really cool and it was really empowering for that character. And I, I love the quietness, the stillness, the respect for nature in the episode. Uh, and I thought it was a neat change in terms of the force and kind of melding that together. The, they call it Magina uh, and, and how they, they meld that together and, and how they say, you know, Magina, may you rise and may the force be with you. Yeah. Um, and it just really kind of brought me back to I am one with the force and the force is with me. And which I, we heard. We heard that right? line. Which yeah. we, we, right? But I just thought it was so cool to, to see them interpret that in a different way. Sure. And again, just that ending was perfect for me. I just mm-hmm. loved how well that ended. I, I really like the Village Bride because I thought it was a really cool way to show other ways to connect to the, like, the Force that isn't what we know of the Jedi. Because there are many races out there, as we know from like Maz Kanata. She's yeah, totally. Exactly. Who can, are Force-sensitive, but they don't you, they don't follow the same May the Force Be With You saying and all that stuff. So it was really cool seeing another you know culture that was built around the Force in a way. But in this universe, it was the Magina. I thought, that, so yeah, that was a really standout episode. All of them are good. I could talk about why I like all of them. <laughs> The thing about the Village Bride that really stood out to me is, again, what you guys are already kind of talking about is how they really turned the force into a religion. You know, it's all uniting to to one being, right, into one idea, yet there's different ways to experience that. And that's kind of what the force is, right? Like they, it's, it's all this sort of understanding of existence and each culture has its own representation. So I think it does continue this idea that it's how different cultures can experience it. Like Maz Kanata is a great call out for that. And in a way, isn't this show just how different cultures experience Star Wars laid out in front of us visually? And I just I think that that's such a great culmination in terms of what this series is. So for me, I I had to go with the Village Bride. Um, But you know what? We have uh, we're 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 getting a little bit long in this episode, much longer than any of the episodes in in the season one. Um, So I want to kind of get to our our overall feelings. You know, Justin and I kind of shared our overall feelings uh, in our spoiler free episode which you should still give a listen to if you haven't already I think you know if you're if you're pretty hyped for this show you can go back and see kind of where we were at when we just finished watching it for the first time um, but you know I still want to know uh, your score for this season uh, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five power cores so Darcy let's hear it from yourself first well, I feel like it's pretty obvious what I'm going to be giving it considering <laughs> I see I, I can't stop talking about how much I like the series it knocked it out of the ballpark it, again, they know they did Star Wars so well in so many different ways, and I, I can't wait for more, be it continuations, spinoffs, whatever they, comes from this. I'm excited for it. Five out of five power cores. I loved it. There you go, Justin. <laughs> well, I can't. I, I, if you couldn't tell already, I love this series, man. <laughs> it's literally the best thing uh, to ever have the Star Wars name attached to it. Wow. I've said, I said this in our, in our, in our spoiler free. It is what Star Wars needs more so than than sequels, prequels, or or any sort of spinoff. It needs to be the opened box. Be inspired by it. It's so much fun to look at. It takes something that we're we're so familiar with and we love so much, and it remixes it in such a creative way like it is just it is awesome so for that reason i am giving this series a five out of five power cores but what did you expect um but yeah i I want more man i want more sooner than later and and more so than than anything that they're they're currently working on so yeah totally i think this is probably uh, if i had to think of another time back to that i didn't experience with star wars but i can imagine it's it's the feeling of 
all of the people who loved Star Wars when the original, now defunct, non-canon, you know, expanded universe books started coming out. You know, your your Kevin J. Anderson, your Timothy Zahn, your Matthew Stover, your Aaron Alliston, like all these authors who created this these these new worlds, these new mm. stories from the stories that people love. I can imagine fans at the time of of the canon being like, "This is amazing right. because they're going somewhere else with it." Yeah. And 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 the fact that we get a taste of that with this series, I absolutely agree with you, Justin. I want more of it abs- so much. Five out of five power cores, one hundred percent. Peanut butter and chocolate. Like name any duo that go together perfectly. Uh, Jedi and Padawan. Like these are this this series just works so well. Uh, and so I think that's where I want to kind of cap off this episode in this this spoiler-filled review. Again, we could probably talk about this for another five hours, but we're not going to. Instead, I want to know, for a season two, what do you want? I just want more. I don't really care what it is. Same. Right? Like, I, I, I think that, like, even to the, the point of this question, it doesn't have to be specific. If, if this is what we got and we didn't even... No, I just do it again. Do do like do whatever you want. You could do more stories from these stories, for or these you characters? can do for these characters, yeah. or you can just do new stories and and open the box, right? But other producers, like there's yeah, like, I'll get other so studios many things out there. Yeah, there's just so many options, right? For me, I definitely would want more stories. I think that that might fall outside of the Padawan and Jedi. Uh, and Matt Jedi Master sort sure. of narrative. Like I think there was a very big through point of, you know, a lot of the themes that we are used to with Star Wars. But, you know, again, how refreshing was it to get Always to the, the Pinocchio of of Toby or the, the you know, the Tatooine Rhapsody episode with, with a musical band, musical performance. Like, give me more of that. And I, I think I've said on the podcast a few times, like, explore different genres. And, and if, if, you know, comedic musical is a genre you want to explore in Star Wars, I am so for it, especially if it's done so stylistically and with such care. So I think that would be really cool. What I'm looking forward to, if they if it's not continuations of these stories, I would hope to that we get at least mini series or something like that for some of the stories. Yeah. Give me two or three more episodes or like a short film type thing. I'd love that. But if they're going to go a new story, the one thing I want to see is give me one of the racing racing anime production companies do a pod racing anime because oh. that would be incredible. I think the visuals from that episode alone would be enough to satisfy me all over again. Ooh, like, that's a good one. Wow. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good and one. And wait, which which studio, Darcy, do you think you Just would want to like, Even going back to like people who did in, the initial D, like whenever I think racing anime, initial D is the first one that comes to mind because it's yeah. so iconic for it. It's like mind-bending scenes of them like drifting around corners or using the NOS or stuff like that. Like They just stretch could you reality. And could you imagine so a good Speed with a Racer meets Star Wars episode? Right. Like, that would be... Like, that oh. would be Dude, it'd be so good. Nate would, like, Nate that, would that eat that stuff up. He'd be like, "I want movies. I Let's want go. T-shirts." What if they did like a Fast and the Furious style? That's true. Almost like more of like a gangs heist. of a gangs of Jabba's like palace, and it's style? Yeah, it's yeah. like a high style. Yeah. Like, oh, there's so many ways that they can go with this series. Uh, any other last words before we we wrap up? Uh, it was really cool hearing uh, "Hero" from Heroes as. Uh, <laughs> 
Ethan and Ninth Jedi. I forgot to mention that earlier. I'm just going to say that now. <laughs> there we go. Shout out to Hero from Heroes. Uh, all right. Well, again, I say dank, Farrick. Uh, I think we could talk about this show for a million years. Um, but that's it for our spoiler-filled review of Star Wars Visions. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, feel free to leave a five-star review. Uh, and make sure to write in to tell us your favorite episode. Uh, or if you have any anime suggestions for us. Uh, Jedi Master Justin, uh, can you let the lovely listeners know where they can write? in or how they can write in well they can reach us at we are geekcentric at gmail.com that's we are geekcentric at gmail.com that's obi-wan that kenobi obi-wan yes yeah okay. that's what i, I got that, was that. Pretty, yeah that was good that's pretty close yeah <laughs> uh and you know what if you are you know maybe a little bit younger uh than the original trilogy you know d- you know if you if you liked ewoks or maybe you you liked what would what, what be the equivalent to, oh porgs maybe you're a big porg fan uh justin can you let those kids know how to reach us why of course they can reach out to us at twitter at geekcentricyt and they can reach us at on instagram at we are geekcentric <laughs> I wasn't really prepared for that. So. No, it's okay. I love it. I love it. Please keep that. It reminds me, like, I just, every time you do that voice, I just hear, Luke. Hello. Hello. Luke. 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 Hello there. Uh, keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering the latest content uh, out now on various streaming platforms or just in the geekosphere, uh, including our spoiler-filled uh, and free review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. We have our spoiler-free review of Only Murders in the Building, uh, and we also dropped our spoiler-free review of The Guilty, uh, which is out on Netflix on October 1st. So make sure to check out that review to let you know, you know whether or not you should check out that movie. Uh, we also have our ongoing watch club for What If, uh, which we are so stoked going into. What is it going to be? The ninth episode, I think, is well, is our next watch club. Well, you, tomorrow's eighth episode. The, yeah, well, well, at the time of recording this episode, we're going to be recording episode eight tomorrow once we yes. watch it. Um, but uh, yeah, next week is is the season finale. So tomorrow's the penultimate. So it's going to be so good. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good one. We are so looking forward to it. Please join us for that Watch Club. And for those episodes, please leave a five-star review if you don't mind. Justin, Darcy, thank you so much for joining me for this spoiler-filled review. Uh, I'm going to go watch uh, a few more episodes before I go to bed of this show again. Um, and they also have a great, if you don't know, on Disney+, Plus, they have an amazing extras yes. that we just found Discovered. out about before we <laughs> recorded this. Yeah, um, feels and kind so of unprofessional not to out. have watched those before it's we had this Justin, we'll, we'll watch them again. We'll, I'm going to watch we'll it probably, now. I'm going to watch it now, too. <laughs> we'll probably talk about all this stuff in the future. Uh, but until next time, as we say... Love ya. Laters. Peace.